0: want
1: to know
0: then come on let's go take a stroll down those what's going on Mountaineer nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast. This is the uh, Fall Camp Begins episode. Uh, Mountaineer started uh, fall camp about three days in now. Uh, gonna discuss that a little bit and you know some Mountaineer news that's going on uh, right now as well. I'm all, As always, I'm your host Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host Steven. Hey everybody. And our other co-host Bradley. What's up? Hey boys, how y'all been doing?
2: Oh, uh, I've been doing, it was a long week long weekend i was in morgantown for the weekend
0: nice nice so yeah i have been working that's about all i ever get done yeah excited (laughs) about uh i was about to say i've been in a good mood though with uh fall camp kicking off and stuff so that's that's been good
2: yeah Yeah, i I really got got to i've been trying to like watch as much of the videos i have but i feel like i haven't got to see everything that's out yet
0: Well, that's right. Hey, we'll dig into it here. So uh, before we do that, there is some uh, news we want to talk about. I know we had planned to talk about this previously on the podcast, but we just had some jam-packed uh, episodes the past couple of times never really got to get it in uh with bobby Bowden's diagnosis but sadly he passed away this morning so we did want to take a second to kind of honor him and mention him you know spent 10 years at west virginia great co- career at florida state one of the all-time greats uh absolute legend and you know uh once a mountaineer always a mountaineer so um anything you guys want to add on uh bobby Bounds' passing
1: uh I thought it was really quick from the time that they announced it. I think that I mean it had to have been going on for a lot longer than was ever you know, anyone really expected. But I think it's it's really sad for the whole Bowden family and everyone. Um, not both in just WVUs and Florida State's program, but all over college football because, you know, he won two national championships while he was there. He was he's probably gonna go down as one of the, the greatest coaches of all time in college football it's really sad to lose uh, somebody like him in the game yeah,
2: a legend uh, bradley i didn't keep up with bobby bowden very much before like uh, like before i got into sports or like when i got into sports I, I, he was not really someone i kept up with but i mean being a football fanatic you can't help appreciate everything he did for the game and uh my heart goes out to his family yeah uh, I, uh,
0: absolutely just uh took a minute to pay our respects there as uh as well earned and deserved by him and uh like I said once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer, so that's that's a big thing. And uh, and what's
2: the Florida State thing? Yeah, I get the chop chop for me, chop.
0: Yeah, yeah, I won't do that. <laughs> personal
1: feelings,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, I understand yeah. that, you know. But uh, you know, there's of course the WVU connection still is there with Bobby Bowden, but then also his son. Terry uh, is now the head coach uh, recently at uh, Louisiana Monroe, and um, he's, of course, taken a leave of absence for the time being. And uh, while he's gone, his offensive coordinator's actually taken over as interim head coach. Did you guys uh,
1: see who that is? Uh, that would be your your greatest friend in the world, Cruz. Yep. Richard uh, Rodriguez.
0: One Richard Rodriguez.
1: Hmm. Now, bradley you can shake your head no but he's he's one of he if not the greatest head coach wvu's ever had besides don Neal and so i
0: mean you you got to put him up there with that
2: you
1: know you got to you yeah. give your for sure
2: it, it, i no, i'm saying
0: more a,
1: horrible but you got to pay your respect
2: has he been him. at florida state i haven't kept up with richard i thought he he dropped from arizona uh, to somewhere no, and then he, he hasn't been hired he, was
0: uh
1: he was, an no, he was uh he was a man no he was yes i believe
0: yeah, he was uh I know Arizona then dropped and then I think he went to he went to Ole Miss uh yeah. for offensive coordinator for a year. And then I think they uh hired Lane Kiffin, so Lane Kiffin took the whole staff out. And I know and last out, year exactly. yeah, last year I don't think he was coaching. He had started a podcast that I actually listened to a few episodes of it. I think it's called Hard Edge. Pretty good show, actually. Him and uh, his daughter, I believe, is the ones that do it. But it's pretty good. And then this year he yeah, just got hired. leave M louisiana monroe uh, to be offensive coordinator so back in it this year and going to be interim head coach now for for a while while terry takes his leave of absence
2: yeah that's i just like a uh, the shake of my head was more of a i can't believe like he's like uh, it was rich rodriguez because like i thought he was out you know i didn't hear, yeah. i did not think that i would hear rich rodriguez's name again Nah, you can't keep him out he loves he loves football you know he's gonna get back in as a coordinator or something and i wouldn't be surprised to see him as a head coach again somewhere just a little bit of my mountain i started like watching at the tail end of rich rodriguez is when i first started watching w sports religiously so like i pretty much caught like the nastiness but like the great athletics but then it's just like a dirty breakup so like yeah that, that i didn't bad. get to like have some time just to, like enjoy like the beginning years of rich rodriguez so like i think i had like even worse opinion because it was just like
1: see the first games that i watched growing up were we're Don Nealon era games, but yeah, the never. first games that I actually remember, you know, watching on TV and, you know, going out with my grandfather, at, you know, at, you know, this place called the club, it was inside this uh inside of the Moose. And going to games back then, that was the beginning of the Rich Rod era. That was Rasheed Marshall and those guys and Quincy Wilson and KJ Harris. You know, that was what really made me fall in love with WV football back in the day. And so, yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I, I do hold some animosity just a tiny bit for rich rodriguez but at the same time you know i appreciate everything that he did give our program and catapulted sure. us into prominence you know for the next I think generation. The, i think the African interview with tony
2: caridi did a lot for me to it did like, be like yep. okay like yeah i probably it sounds like we were fed a lot of one side of the story and mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound like our athletic director was doing too hot because like i said i wasn't keeping up that back then i right? was it was bad yeah and it was, so it sounds it like bad. you know you could be a little ill towards him but like still yeah
1: and, was, that, and that's that, honestly that's a lot of the reasons that i make the comparison between dabo sweeney's clemson program and wvu a lot because i feel like you know had rich rodriguez stayed they were on that like, path they were very much on that path the recruiting classes were getting better you know could you imagine what would have happened to have wvu you know been on a perennial uh, power run with rodriguez rich with rich rodriguez and pat white and steve slayton and Neil, noel Devine, all those guys you know Owen Schmidt oh, yeah. all those guys i just want to keep naming them that's the glory that's, the glory that's R- the glory
2: that's who got me but oh, you, the golden era. Uh, can you
1: imagine that going at the tail end of the big east into the big 12 on that kind of run i mean come on yep i mean it is just they've missed just being in that portion with those other teams by a little bit. And it's only like slight little things in the program that I've mentioned before about paying assistant coaches and yep. and things That's, like that. Oh yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say. Was several times, but. yeah, Bradley. You know, Bradley said the three guys, and I think the the Pat McAfee interview that came out, you know, just a few months ago, really shed more light on it. Where he just wanted, you know, was it fifty thousand more for his assistance, and that's and they wouldn't even give him that. Of course, he wanted facility upgrades. What you see now when you got a proactive athletic director, it makes a difference. Look at West Virginia's recruiting class they're bringing in in twenty twenty two with these facility upgrades and stuff. So if they would have done that for Rich Rod at that time, when the program, you know, three straight eleven win seasons, you should have because you want to keep that guy around if, and not I mean the Athletic Department essentially pushed him out the door right there by not doing so. And you know, if Rich Rod would have stayed, you know who was uh, coming to West Virginia after Pat White, don't you? Yeah. Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's it's a sad, kind of a sad story, I guess you could say, about what could have been if they would have just you know the Athletic Department would have helped Rich Rodriguez a little bit and West Virginia could have kept that run going. But you know, hindsight's uh twenty twenty, I guess. So I, I don't have any hard feelings for the guy I
1: on that little tangent but no 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 I, oh no i, mean, I think it right truly you. was what made me fall in love with wvu football and i mean yeah that, that's honestly hey, why i feel like one day we, can, we will we be a championship football team I, I can, truly we've do shown that we can get we, to that level yeah we just got to keep we got to stay and maintain at that level of football is the only thing yeah
0: absolutely and i think you know like i said i, I don't hold any ill will toward the guy and i think that like Talking about like the history of college football, he's a very important piece because you know he started that zone read when he was at I believe he was offensive coordinator at Clemson when it first happened I think and then of course the spread offense like he was one of the innovators of the spread offense that's used not only all over college football but now in the NFL as well and you know that's kind of developed into RPOs and stuff but that all started from things Rich Rodriguez was doing you know yeah, yeah. pre WV um, and then B- at WV um, when, B- when it really being- exploded.
1: Being at games and then, you know, reading articles after games when I was just in like fourth and fifth grade and remember just hearing about how many, so many high school coaches from all over the country and college coaches and NFL coaches coming to Morgantown to those games and attending them just to watch how the offense was ran. And at the Uh, time I was just mind blown because I was like, wow, like so innovative. But now, I mean, nowadays it's become Mm -hmm. an every year thing that someone makes up you know, a new rendition of an offense, but.
0: Well, I was listening to, um, it was, uh, one of the NFL, I think it was the guy from, uh, nfl uh the nbc pro football talk i think is what it's called or, or whatever but um he was talking about how the uh baltimore ravens offense they're running now with lamar jackson is essentially the exact same offense rich rodriguez ran at wbu with pat white he said if you watch the films it's almost identical he said, the only difference is uh RPO is, is in there now and that wasn't really the pass option off of those plays back then but he said yeah i mean the ravens are running that rich rod system so i mean he's He's uh he's alive and well. I'm glad to see him back in the game. But that's that's a guy that you know love him or hate him. He's cha- he changed the game of football really, yeah. offensively. Yep. Yeah. So uh, a little impromptu Rich Rod uh, chat there, but yeah, that's yeah. always always fun to get into. So yeah, like uh, I said, so it's well, like
1: a, you always like, got to throw it back to to past coaches on this show. Don't yeah,
2: like. I mean, no, I mean we usually do. You know, as well. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't know much about love Rich it. It. Rod. Like it's something I still like am learning about today. because I feel still feel like a fairly like I don't know. You guys have been fans much longer than i have but i feel like i've still been a fan for like a long time but from like a different perspective it's kind of weird
1: i've been a fan for so I, long that if i if i ever don't have it in me to be a fan of wvu sports anymore i i it feels so strange <laughs> i, don't, yeah. I, don't think, I, I, I think
0: after this point you're in it for the long haul you're yeah not, you yeah. can't ever turn back now I,
2: I didn't really get to go to any games or anything like that so i would just like be watching them and like i didn't really get that invested into it until like high school and then through college i got like even more invested into it because i remember yes. and i think the reason why i got to attach i think his name was reed williams who's a middle linebacker he oh worked, yeah like, i wore 47 right. in little league so i just like attached to that guy and i was like ah and he was a great player and i loved the, like the thought of like the linebacker spot because i like that, that you can see things and so like i just like fell in love with him and so i think that's why i fell in love with like football and then i found owen schmidt and then it was all over from there
1: yeah, for me I like I said, it was my grandfather when I was little, man. <laughs> I remember him asking me if I wanted to go watch the games with him and it just it was a rap from there, man. We would I would it'd be like, Well, West Virginia's number sixteen in the country right now and i in my mind they were the number sixteen team out of every team in, in the NFL and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. that's that yeah, how kind of was
0: for me it was like it was it was my dad that you know he would watch the games like because i grew up i was in north carolina like we moved there before i was one and i always followed basketball so i liked you know i started liking unc basketball when i was young especially because mainly i was a michael jordan fan i watched the bulls with my dad and see michael jordan and so then i found out he went to unc and i was like i live in north carolina so i started liking unc basketball and followed basketball and i didn't really get into like watching football until i was probably about nine or ten and by that time we were living uh back in west virginia and uh, my dad watched the WVU games and I'd watch them with him and I was just lucky that at that point probably when I started watching the games it was probably like 2002 2003 so then by the time you know I was getting close to a teenager WV was hitting the 04, 05, 06, 07 and I was getting to see those 11 win seasons and that just you know really turned me on to it fell in love and you know been yeah. uh, the main love ever ever since then I remember back in high school I would know the roster so much people would say a number a number to me and i could tell him the player's name where he was from his height weight all that yeah. i know the, i still know the roster pretty good but not not that good but uh, yeah it's just yeah. it just becomes a passion after a
2: while yeah i remember the first game i remember the first game i ever yelled at and i think because that's when i started getting into mountaineer sports was literally the pit game and that was the first time i ever remember just like yelling at a tv because mm-hmm. i was just like oh my god and i was just because like at that point in time i'd been playing football for like a little bit so like i understood it a little bit better at that point point. and so then like that's why i was just like yelling yeah, at the tv and it was like so frustrating just to watch that game obviously but like at that time i didn't realize it was such a significant game because oh yeah I, I oh, did. it was like one of the first games I ever watched that was that was the worst day of my life
1: <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> like, thing is thinking about thinking back on different games that you know you've been to or you watched on tv and where you were at at the time it's almost, you know, it's, it's honestly a where we're where you at moment. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, remember yeah. the
1: the three overtime game against Rutgers.
0: Oh yeah, like, as I say, I mean, I remember, I remember Bradley watching doesn't. that. I was yeah, at my yeah, I, I was do. at my no, grandparents' fair. house. I remember specifically. Do you like, remember I, I the, them I have the to watch three
1: this. overtime game against Louisville? So Pat White's coming out party. Oh I yeah, let's remember that game.
2: I know that's what happened, but like I didn't watch it. Like I know I didn't. Like,
1: I remember I was at a girl. I was in middle school, and I was at a girlfriend at the time's house, and
0: we were like I was seven, turning on seven, the seven, TV. I
1: asked her dad to turn the TV on to watch the game for a second. And they were losing, you know, twenty something to seven in the fourth quarter, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, okay, you can turn it off."
2: But <laughs> yeah, then, it's like I don't want to watch. On the way stuff.
1: home, it was you know not even thirty minutes later on the way home she turns the radio on and that just happens to be on the radio station that WV football's on and I hear Tony Caridi and he says and we're going to overtime and I'm like what what game <laughs> get we home turn the it. game oh, on and game. I was just mind blown I couldn't believe West Virginia made a comeback and that I mean obviously Still it's one of the greatest, greatest comeback comebacks ever. in in school history but my gosh man probably oh, the greatest yeah. what a great memory that is
0: and that just kind of kick-started it all with the Pat White Slayton era. You know, that's when you yeah. that's when you knew, like, okay, these guys are real. Because Slayton had like six touchdowns in that game, I think.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I've, only I've ever always seen said, it, but like maybe I should go back through and watch it one day because I know they got it on the internet.
0: You should. I've got. I was hey. gonna say, I've got the DVDs if you want to borrow. Them. Oh, I, know I, got you the, do. People, I got the people, season highlight I, yeah. DVDs from 05 to '09. Yep, yeah. 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 I got them <laughs> too. Hey, people
1: yeah, talk yeah. a lot of you know a lot about 2007, but I will always say. That 2005 season, whenever they played Louisville, had Pat White and Steve Slayton started that game against Virginia Tech, West Virginia, in my mind, probably would have been in the national championship game that year, if oh, not more. Probably.
0: I mean, that's the only game he lost. And then and that that game, I think, is when Slayton came in, like, in the fourth quarter and then had a few good runs. And you're like, who's this guy? And then that's when he started going off. I, I, yeah. If I remember right, I think that Virginia Tech game was the first game that he really got in there. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. Yeah, they didn't really know who – you know who their guys were that that year going into I mean, the season. I remember Jason Walton you know, was fall supposed camp, to be the
2: they,
1: guy. Yeah, yeah. And fall camp, you know, there was Pat White and Steve Slayton weren't practice guys. You know, you have game day guys and you have practice guys. They, were gamers. they weren't. They were game day guys, and you know, it took them about midway through that season to realize that. And once they did, it was it was a wrap from there. Yep, but man, off and run. I remember, you know, at the beginning of that season when Adam Bednarik was starting. This, the first game of that year was Syracuse and that was a shaky game that year and Syracuse wasn't even a good football oh, team yeah that
0: year. yeah they only it was like sixteen to nine or something sixteen to seven I mean it was close yeah I think the yeah,
1: defense but, scored
0: a couple touchdowns for us actually or at least that's one, what actually remember?
1: held us together that year was yeah, our, wow. our defense
0: that defense yep Good stuff, good stuff, good memories, good trip down memory lane. Uh yeah. we're talking uh, about, to about to do it, it. So we
2: talk about just like the I mean,
0: yeah, that's that's cool because now we all, we all just kinda got to give our story about like how we became yeah. WD football fans, I don't think we've ever done that Everybody's before here on the show. So yeah, all yeah. right on. So cool, man. All right, getting into uh twenty twenty one uh fall camp started uh Friday, uh fan day, uh Saturday. We're recording on Sunday. Um it's Sunday, right, guys. <laughs> I'm, I i do not know. I think it's Sunday. It's is it is Sunday. Sunday. Okay. So we're recording on Sunday. I think they're going to practice all the way through. I think their first day off is Wednesday or Thursday. So uh, fall camp still be going, you know, we might pop another episode in next week before we hit the um, always a favorite season prediction round table. One of my favorites always of the season is the season prediction round table. So I'm excited to get to that. But for now, i uh, just going to talk a little bit about fall camp. And I think the one thing that really has stuck out to me is um, of course injury front, Everybody's relatively healthy. Michael Laughlin's still out with a minor injury, uh, but he'll be back soon. They said. But the one thing that I really wanted to touch on that stuck out to me immediately is the James Gomitter absence. Did you guys uh, see that? Oh,
1: so yeah, apparently,
0: uh, James Gomitter is it hasn't hasn't been at uh, seen at fall camp. Excuse me. And um, I think it's interesting because uh, Neil Brown is talking about they were they have kind of solidified they want to use Nestor at guard and also he had said that now he's working on the left side of the line and I was thinking well did he bump committer I was like I wouldn't think that would happen and then now this news comes out that committers uh not been at camp and it's not injury or sickness related uh when someone asks so yeah that's interesting you know that's a guy that's always been a fa- you know a fan favorite if you will and a presence on got a good presence on social media good following and you know i, I haven't seen him say anything or have any ill will so hopefully maybe uh something personal going on and, and he'll come back but that's something to keep an eye on eye on for sure there um any any thoughts there on committer's absence and um then i'll we'll talk about the offensive line from there i
2: guess uh i actually hadn't heard that i like i said i've been a little bit like afk the past couple of days that's uh yeah, I, I hope it is something just like going on. I hope he can, gets back to practice and he can. I don't know. Yeah, because like you said, he's a fan favorite. That's like a yeah. tough one. Yeah, yeah and that's
0: that's your most experienced. And he was starting offensive guard, line, right? he Yeah, was starting the left guard. Started left guard the past, you know, two seasons essentially, and well, no, his last year most uh, uh, experience like lineman,
2: and then he was second string or like on and off, right? Last year.
0: I think I think he flipped the first year. I think last year he was pretty uh pretty solid there. I think the first
2: like he flipped with it was uh, somebody that did that last year. Somebody Mike Brown, I think the, played the first two games and then yeah. I
0: don't know. Oh, uh, uh Barrett, Chase Barrett, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh Steven, what do you think? Uh anything to make of this or is it just uh I'm blowing it out of proportion here?
1: Um I, I don't really wouldn't say you're blowing it out of proportion, but I I honestly didn't realize that I mean, we've only we're only two three days in the fall third, I
0: think today was the third day
2: yeah
1: I, I I thought that it was only the first two days but I mean even still I there could be you know did you say issues it's not going on at home or, that it's not
2: well,
0: they asked. Um, let me see the. Let me get the exact quote, so I get this right here. Uh, this I know they said that he Blue wasn't. Gold it News. wasn't
1: injury or sickness related. Oh, injury Hunter. or sickness related.
0: Yeah, the, when uh, when asked about committer's whereabouts, a WVU official didn't provide details, but did say the absence was not injury or sickness related, and that's from uh, Greg Hunter, Blue Gold News. So I don't know. It's. I mean, something to keep an eye on, I guess.
1: When, when uh, on did, a positive note, you know, they've were what you know able to adjust the offensive line to where they could
0: yeah i mean you've got guys the
1: the football still and even neil brown said it himself in the the press conference a few days ago they're one recruiting class away from being you know at quality depth at that really i mean look at our recruiting class
2: we have literally four linemen in our next recruiting class i think mm
1: -hmm. i mean moving you know i'm truly hope that we get Gmitter back and we're going to need him. Cause like you said, he's our most ex- experienced experience, offensive lineman. Yeah. If we're going to run the ball well, we're going to need somebody well, like that up there. But and it's that's just the, nice to see people yeah. switching around the way they do.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, Letty Brown, I think that I, I would argue his best play is probably the inside zone. And if you got, I was hoping you'd have Gmitter at one garden, uh Nestor at the other to, you know, experienced guys that would help with that. But um, who knows? We'll keep an eye on it. But speaking of the offensive line, uh, when the mountaineers lined up uh, in, in the uh, fan day practice, excuse me, can't get my train of thought going. But uh, the first team offensive line then was Brandon Yates at left tackle, Doug Nestor left guard, Zach Frazier at center, Jordan White at, at right guard, and uh, Parker Moore at right tackle. Um, what do you guys think about that solid five? You guys like uh, that first team offensive line there?
1: I do. I like Jordan White being put up there at the, uh, the so. right guard right
2: position. Guard? You said who was yeah. running center? Was that uh... Uh, Frazier? Fra- Frazier yeah yeah because he played uh center in high school
0: yeah,
1: yeah they mm-hmm. moved Doug Nestor over to left Dugnester guard to the, left to the left tackle? Yeah. And then uh Wright.
0: Yates Yates still starting there again it would be second year Richard sophomore and then uh Parker Moore would be the new starter at right tackle which I, I like that so
2: I still feel like I don't know I would like to see more from Brandon Yates so I guess that's not even my area of concern is where we're looking at so yeah I mean but you gotta absolutely
0: you gotta have that uh strong blind side there with your
1: quarterback
2: yeah. I guess but which oh. he was really young last year. So if he improves, then like let say did. if as long so if as he's he progressing, and
1: yeah. oh yeah. 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 Hey, he's athletic. The Two To the point out to me though, Chris Mayo and Wyatt Mylan moving up to the uh the second team or yep. the third team. Was the second, at, team?
0: second uh, team? Yeah, second team. Let's see. Uh, second team, O line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Mayo, left tackle. Nick Malone, left guard. Tyler Connolly, center. John Hughes, yeah. right guard. And Wyatt my at right tackle. Impressive. Yeah, the true uh, freshman already both, in that second string.
1: Yeah, both just got on campus, so that's impressive.
0: I mean, Wyatt yeah. Mylum may give Parker Moore a run for his money. You know, as the season I, goes I along. Is really good. I
2: also think Parker Parker Moore has a lot of potential too. I was about so. to say both of those guys are
0: solid though. So I mean, well, like I said, it's it, a good problem to have right now.
1: I was gonna say if they're running more, a lot more of that inside zone, which I I anticipate that we will, you know, a lot more than the out uh, they don't want to run the outside zone as much this year, I don't believe. I don't think they so. They wanna get a little bit more of the inside zone, like you said, because Letty Brown's better at it and they're gonna they're gonna need yeah. to switch out some of those. If we guys go outside, we'd rather be throwing
2: that. it out there. Yeah. We'd be That's I think. passing it to a running back than Yeah, they're
0: gonna play to their strengths run wide.
1: Absolutely. They always
2: do. Do you All think right. we finally see Jared Dickey hold the ball?
0: Hey, let's hope so. I think I mean hey. I've been hearing great things about these first three days, so we'll see.
1: Two guys that says that Neil Brown says that you won't be able to tell who it is once you when they run out there on pads the first time that you see them on the field. Jared Dekey a key message Thank so you. Said they both yep. changed their yep. uh, body type so much that you won't you won't recognize them.
0: Yeah, I think he said Dickey's like under ten yeah. percent body fat now. So yeah, that's,
1: yeah he did. Yeah, impressive. So uh, I'm <sighs> excited to see that.
2: That Speaking of for our facilities in our weight yeah. uh, uh, room and shit, that makes that's, it
0: good. oh yeah. So I said they got him, uh, get Mike Joseph, getting him right down there.
2: Yeah, so what? Scholar Howard could have been like what you've been saying, Jordan. If he would yep. have, I to <laughs> this stuff.
0: Yep. Don't
2: yep. on Scholar, bro. I love Scholar
0: Howard. I thought Scholar Howard was. <laughs> hey, that's that's a, one of my favorites. You know it. We're I was well, always we,
1: a huge fan. That's my boy right there. We're well not exactly really, but if he watches this podcast, I really, we could be best friends, dog. Yeah. Shout Who out, Scholar
2: that? Howard. We'd love to have you on, bud. Because we all, we all think that this is fairly reminiscent. of I have
0: a I have a Scholar Howard jersey. I mean, name on it and everything. I'll pull it out. I'll wear it for the interview. <laughs>
2: um, but, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, you were going on somewhere, but oh uh, yeah,
0: I was just say uh, I was just going to finish off the uh, the first team off um, offensive unit that was out there. Uh, of course, Jared Dagit quarterback, Lady Brown at running back. Uh, as I said, O'Laughlin was out, so you had T.J. Banks at tight end, and then uh, variety of wide receivers got in, but the. Three that trotted out um, with the uh, first team, or the four rather that trotted out with the first team. Um, Three, sorry, I can't count. I went to Bluefield. Um, Isaiah Esdale, Winston Wright, and Bryce Ford Wheaton. So uh, that's you know for the first you know couple days of camp, that's who trotted out there first. Of course, all this subject to change. We still got a few weeks even to get to game week. So, uh, but then defensively, um, Dante steals at D tackle. Akeem Mesidor knows Taj Austin at D end. Van Darius getting the nod at Bandit. Josh Chandler-Cimito at the middle, X-Relo uh, at, at the wheel, and then uh, Jackie Matthews getting the start at corner opposite Nick Troy Fortune with Scotty Young at the spear and Sean Mahone and Alonzo at diet cat and free safety, respectively. Any surprises in any of the lineups or anything that uh, you guys want to talk that uh, stands out there?
1: Oh, I don't think so, honestly.
0: I was about to say, it seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward uh, to not me. not what were expecting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's yeah,
1: big. I, I do want to say that I hope Sean Ryan's okay I, he took a pretty nasty hit oh the, yeah I heard about
0: that yeah there. I heard about that yeah but I know I'm, we talked about so uh we talked about Daggy, and that's one thing I seen I know I saw a couple videos he was you know seemed to be hitting guys in stride they said he hit I think a couple good corner ball passes but the one that stood out to me that I read was uh post to Sam Brown and they said 50 to 55 yards in the air and in strides. So that was my eyeballs popped up on that one. I mean, Dagey sounds like he's really improved. And I don't know about you guys, but I think we're talking about a really big season from Jarrett Dagey this year, and he's going to really shock some people.
1: I think so. I think I really think bought about in. how many receivers that we have yeah. and how many weapons we have on the outside. This last year, you know, our offensive line was going through so many injuries and shakeups throughout the season, it couldn't really get a rhythm, you know, to go with it. But I think. These receivers should have a pretty good year this year as well. I'm excited to see what Sam. James They're going to bounce back. I hope he is.
2: He Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, I, because I was talking to the guys here after the podcast last time, I wanted to bring up the fact that the biggest thing I've been looking at this whole offseason has been these uh, accountability standings that the, the mm-hmm. coaches have been doing. I told you guys that you know who's the very top of that list. Jared Dickey. Yes, sir. And I mean, he's he's not just up there; he's up there. And I think that I I'm with you, Jordan. I'm, I'll be bought in. I think yeah. he's. I think he's, he's. I'm sold now. I, I think he's bought in since last year. Yeah, but I I didn't know if he had that it factor in him. And I think that's like the thing that I when last year when I was talking about giving Garrett Green a shot when we were struggling later in the season, it was like I think we just needed somebody with a little bit of like it factor. You know, you so we needed somebody with a little bit more confidence. We needed somebody. Um, That was just like ready to step up and like, yeah, they like. That's why I was like, "Ah, Garrett Green, he might just like have that swagger to him. And this is showing me Jared Diggy. like, oh, I, I feel it. He's like, I'm gonna change my body, I'm gonna change my mind, and I'm gonna put it out there on the field. And like that's super impressive. And I think Neil Brown, I think that's a testament to Neil Brown finding the guy that he knew was gonna work for it. Because I mean, he went after Diggy. I mean, I think we all knew that Diggy was his guy very early on. Yeah, I and think so, uh, like, we
0: saw that writing on the wall when he brought Deji in after having a spring with Austin Kendall, and was like, uh, "I'm gonna go out and get me somebody
1: else too." Yeah, and I think you're so absolutely that's right. like the culture they're trying to raise in the quarterback room too. It has. Which to. It, it very much seems that way.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's so impressive. And like I said, that's like all around just like we got blessed because that's like perfect guy, perfect time, like perfect scenario and like we all do like i mean we were all questioning last year like ah oh, Neil brown come on give us garrett green but he stuck to diggy and like he knew the whole time that like that, maybe he just saw something we didn't you know Josh, i kept I telling so.
1: you brad hey, i kept I telling did. you that
0: <laughs> i was like, I, I was i was on the fence myself i'm not gonna lie like half you know through last year i was on the fence and then the bowl game kind of rubbed me the wrong way and i was like I kind of want to see a quarterback competition. But then throughout the offseason, I've really been sold on Dagie And I think it's definitely not Coach B because it's not just Neil Brown saying it. It's the other players saying it. It's the other coaches saying it. And now now that the practices have been open, even the reporters are saying it and seeing it. So I think he's really put in the work. And I think that uh, Dagie like I said, if you're down on him like I was after the bowl game, just wait because I think he's really going to turn some heads.
2: Do we think Austin Kendall leaving helped out?
0: Um. Yeah, I think it maybe maybe takes the pressure off of him. I do, yeah.
2: Because maybe, you know, Brown was just like, you're significantly better than he is, but, like, you're worried about this guy beating you, and he's not
1: better than you, so just, like, let it go. Yeah,
2: and I maybe think it's not, be- best if, for him. He's buddy. like, if it's just going to be you, but if you put maybe the right
1: Maybe not, you know, it's so much in those words, but yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Austin and Kendall's I, not bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, Austin Kendall's not a bad quarterback. I and mean, he's going to start at Louisiana think,
0: Tech this year, probably. I think Jared so.
2: Dagey is just really good, but he just had issues with, like, uh, like getting it together just like I don't know circumstance I think it just like I think it put him in a better mindset just knowing that it was him you know
0: oh yeah like, uh, speaking of K- Austin Kendall I meant to I was going to bring this up to you guys I saw a tweet I uh, can't remember who it was maybe Tom Bragg for the Gazette I can't remember but uh said he was just looking over some notes and I think I can't remember what the dip was but uh one game this season uh Louisiana Louisiana Tech Plays uh, Southern Miss, and you're probably going to get Austin Kendall versus Trey Lowe in that in that game. Oh, so, uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, man, I saw a video of yeah, Trey Lowe. Man, his arms. his his arms are like this this biggest arms I've ever seen a quarterback have and stuff. I'm like, I don't I don't know. You know, maybe he just wanted a fresh start after Neil Brown came on. But I think that that's a guy that could have worked in this system. But I'm glad to see him having success. You know, at his uh, yeah.
2: destination now. Yeah, I think he was just tired of his situation here because it was probably not very good under Dana Holgerson.
1: Yeah. He was ready so, to move on. Nowadays, I mean kids are so like if you don't start nowadays You can go that, start somewhere. Season, yeah. You can start somewhere. So it's it's not so much as a, you know, as a culture anymore as a team. I don't think in today's college football world as it used to be. Nowadays it's it's for the players mainly. So that you know That's good though. If you don't start within one season then it's on to the next place absolutely and then not you know, really any hard feelings meant to be
0: no no it's going to breathe better just better
1: teams, the way you know. it
0: is oh yeah that's just i mean that's the name of the game now especially you know after this past year passing the rule where it transfer one time without sitting out it's going to be even more so than it already was oh, absolutely <laughs> so that's but yeah, I mean, I'm high on Dakey. I uh, like the lineup we got. Yeah, I'm interested to yeah, see the committer situation play out. And yeah. I forgot to mention that Jalen Anderson, you know, they said that he was going to be here, still hasn't arrived. So uh, that's another situation to yeah. keep an eye on. If you're, if you're looking to keep an eye on a couple situations, uh, James committer and Jalen Anderson, hopefully both those guys show up, Jalen Anderson dealing with some uh, clearinghouse in- issues from the NCAA clearinghouse uh, getting cleared somehow. But yeah, uh, they're still saying that they're confident that he'll be there soon so um you know hopefully he is because that's a four-star running back that could help uh depth wise and stuff but uh so that's you know kind of a little bit of a fall camp report y'all guys got anything you want to add on the uh first few days of fall camp
1: uh that you've seen so far steven bradley uh I, I like the fact that he uh evan staley's kicking already nine months out of his injury that's good to see um, yeah need him throughout the, throughout the season he feels like our Perry our our ellis
0: he's yeah. like it's like i feel like he, i feel like he's been here like seven years
1: he has what they call what call him? super senior
0: yeah super senior
1: yeah super senior
0: super senior yeah i, I guess like that's that. what they're calling the seniors that uh came back and used that extra year this year yeah super seniors i like these super seniors
1: yeah, uh bradley he'll be ready to go for the um, end
2: of season. we need it jared daigie's reformed he's gonna have a breakout season and we're gonna pop off yeah, that's, that's what I got from this night. I love it. I love
0: it. I love it. So um, I guess one last little bit of news we want to touch on, um, of course, is uh, recruiting, you know, a uh, little recruiting update. We've talked about how impressive this 2022 class is, and uh, it got even more impressive yesterday. Uh, Bring home a guy a lot of people have been hoping we get uh, four star linebacker Trey Lathan. Uh, another guy out of Florida down there in Miami, Travis Trickett moved there this year, continues to kill it down there. And this recruiting class right now is rated the highest ever in West Virginia football history. So if it stays there, you'll have the best recruiting class in uh, school history. I believe it's all the way up to 17th on Rivals. I saw. also almost a top 15 class right now. Neil Brown, absolutely killing it. Uh, Any thoughts on recruiting and uh, the commitment, Bradley?
2: Oh, you know, I got thoughts on recruitment. Hold on. Of course. you guys should follow me on Twitter if you don't. I'm all about the recruiting on Twitter.
1: That's
2: a, that's our um, recruiting guy there. Yeah, I'm always on top of this shit. Um, yeah, I think that this is absolutely insane. If you're not keeping up with our recruiting, it's insane. Like, it's crazy out. to watch. We got three top 300 guys on ESPN, which is like the most we've had, I think, since we got Geno Smith way back in the day. I think we had like three or four then. That's definitely the most we've had in a long time. And it's just like a... I wish we could have got Jaden Mingham today, obviously, and uh, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I still hope he might come to us. We want you at Mountaineer Nation. Hey, we want you you never at know. hey yeah. Hey, we wish him, we
0: wish him the best, and you know. Well, we still saying, have several more four-star back.
2: recruits out there that we could pull in, and we're looking at a top fifteen recruiting class, which is something you need if you want to build an elite program. Yeah. It's something you hear people talk about. We're like,
1: looking at a top ten recruiting class, if we get, you know, a couple class, of these we guys that that, may, that we're expecting to get or flip to West Virginia.
2: And I mean, and we're still looking at what twenty-five scholarships. We are at seventeen right now. That means we've got eight out there. Some of those are still going to be reserved for I was JUCO about to guys. Say,
0: they'll probably keep five of them for transfers and stuff. Yeah, I bet. but so who knows? If that's three, four more play.
2: commits. Yeah, I mean, some of those JUCO guys could be absolute studs. You know, some transfer guys, and like that's something you got to watch because No Brown's got a way of like converting some people. So I think that even the I think these I think these last eight spots might even like be better than like like in quality maybe over i don't know i just oh. you know i must say
0: it's it's mind-blowing
2: because i personally i think the highest
0: i ever remember west, seeing west virginia is like 20 21st or maybe 20th i don't know I don't, I don't think i've ever seen us crack, crack the top 20 that i know of and rarely have we crack crack the top 25 we usually you know 25 to 29 or in the 30s or something like that so what neil brown's doing is all uh, you know almost unprecedented uh stephen what are yeah.
1: your thoughts Yeah, uh, we have been in those recruiting rankings up to about 21, I believe, but I don't think we've ever finished once the class is that high. Yeah. I don't think we've ever finished higher than 23, and that was back in 2002, I believe. So this, I mean, really is historic for for West Virginia to get these kind of recruits. And and if we've got three scholarships, that leaves room, I guess, for, I guess, one to two more, you know, three to four-star guys and that could like you said put us in the 12 or top 10.
0: yeah you never know it just depends on how high if you can get a couple more four stars you definitely could get could get close and that's the thing i was talking uh to somebody about the other day was uh neil brown he's doing this and he hasn't even really started winning imagine when the, if he gets the program up to a high level where they're winning 10 11 games i mean what are your recruiting class is going to look like then because so that yeah, that's great is it but just, just the tip like, of the iceberg
2: yeah because yeah, oh, not I mean, only is it just like on paper then it's like it's there you know yeah. it's proof i don't proof think it's recruiting.
1: a question on what those recruiting classes will look like i think what in my mind is the question is if, will he still be here will we be able to do yeah, gotta keep yes. him around
2: he will, will for sure be, be able here.
1: to you know keep i mean he's under contract of 2026 i know that but they just got that extension you have know. to you know as a program and as as an athletic department we need to to be diligent about how we handle that you know that uh, but i see i
2: think it. that like our athletic department is doing is like pumping on all cylinders right now because we had talked personally about shane Lyons maybe leaving and i don't think that he's gonna leave either anytime soon and i think that's because west virginia we have literally put ourselves in a prime spot we've got a wonderful athletic director that wants us to like invest big money in the things that are gonna make us better facilities li- like investing in good quality coaches i mean neil brown's a quality coach whether he's one games yet or not anybody could look at that man and know that that's a quality coach Oh, he's yeah. put it on the field yet perfectly. No, but I think he'll get there We'll see maybe this all year. of our all of our athletics everywhere else are also doing amazing So I think shane Lyons has big goals. I think Shane Lyons will one day eventually leave our program I don't think he's you know He loves mountain air nation, but I could see that man going on because he's about the business but I think that neil brown wants to build A Program, I don't think he wants to buy his way into somewhere. You know what? I mean Like I feel Neil brown truly thinks that if you want to have a game-changing program then you got to build it from the bottom to the top And he needs to find a uh, he wanted to find a program that was going to get behind his belief in that and we've got an athletic director That's done that. He's not limited him in any way. He says Neil brown. You want it. You got it. Let's make it go And neil brown's grabbed those reins and ran with it, you know And so I think that even if neil brown wants to go into a bigger better job, I think he could I think his aspirations are to build like i said like a program i don't think he cares about being like the greatest coach at, at georgia you know he gets to go to an sec school maybe he goes for kentucky but why other than nostalgia why would you but then again that's not a business move so like i just don't see why you would leave if you're getting everything that you want handed to you in the program as long as that keeps happening and like you're like you can tell that the motives don't change behind the scenes then like it's, it's like dabbo sweeney like he came in there he could have left clemson You know, could have happened. He was having great winning seasons, but he knew that if he wanted to build the kind of program that he wanted, he had to go somewhere and stay. You know, it's something you build with trust and time. And it's like, you have to build a family around that connection. And that's what Neil Brown wants to do is build a family around his connection to WVU. So I don't see him leaving his family.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's definitely set up that family atmosphere. And I think I I agree with, tend to agree with you. I think, like you said, the one job that you kind of may have to worry about is Kentucky just for, you know, being his home state and stuff like that. But I I think that Shane Lyons has shown and the athletic department has shown their faith in him going ahead and giving him an extension after, you know, his first winning season. And just, you know, kind of based on what they've seen him do with the program and what they've seen him do with recruiting. And so they definitely have that faith in him. And I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him around. My only thing with that is that would worry me. Uh, As you said, you know, Shane Lyons could move on at some point. That's when I would be worried about losing Neil Brown is if you lose Shane Lyons because is his replacement going to do the same things for Neil Brown? Or a lot of times an athletic director comes in, they didn't hire that coach. Maybe they want to get their own guy. And so, you know, if he comes asking for things, they're going to say no. And if he leaves, they're like, okay, I'll I'll hire a coach that I want to hire. So uh, I think the only time that you really need to worry about Neil Brown leaving because as Bradley says, I think he's really trying to build the program here. And I think he would absolutely love to be the first coach uh west virginia coach to win you know a big 12 title to go to a college football playoff you know any of those things and that would really be a big thing for his legacy so i think the only time you really need to worry about neil brown leaving is um if something were to happen and shane Lyons were to go uh steven you think neil brown's ha- hanging around for a bit
1: oh yeah i just i didn't mean that you know he would want to leave i just mean you know no no you know, I, just, I just i just wanted about to how the athletic department handles yeah yeah, it's it because, because, because
0: everybody wants to think that he's gonna leave if we start doing good. You know, that's the thing you hear a lot yeah. on social media and stuff. Yeah, so. no, I
1: have no worries. Well, right. and the only reason is because when West Virginia does well, it's you know, we are a stepping stone. That's what we are. You know, mm-hmm. if we are if we do well, then those coaches oftentimes, if not all the time, get calls from bigger programs. You know, it's just it's a coaching carousel, it happens every season. Always. So, when those situations arise, once West Virginia, when they start having, you know, those really good seasons, and when these teams start calling, which I'm pretty sure teams already called him last year to to come interview, yep. and First he definitely. didn't
2: entertain any of
1: them. And he didn't. Yeah, just so we he know, didn't. he didn't entertain. And mostly SEC schools too. Yeah. Right. But you know, that's going to keep happening. You know, yeah. That's, that's, and that's what that's what I mean by those situations. You have to, you know, in those situations, he's going to ask for more money or or he's going to ask for more money for assistant coaches or he's going to ask but for like, this and said, I don't think, this. but see, he's got and like Neil Brown is such
2: a family guy that like he's got like three kids like I could see him like not even moving because of that fact is the fact right but kids.
1: I mean like that's true there's plenty of coaches in college football that have that 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 have, you know, if that were the case he wouldn't have left Troy
2: but I mean, they're not. still fairly young right now though you know what I mean like they're like just barely into school well, like if you're gonna I, move, think if you're gonna get to the power Five
1: now yeah so and i'm not that that's not what i meant at all like oh i, I i'm sorry he, I was just he's like, bought thinking, into the program i, I think people that. would
2: make that argument i don't think you would, though. but i could definitely <laughs> hear people saying that in my head do you know what i mean it's like i oh, can't do that
0: yeah no he's i i really think that like i've said this before and i'll say it again to me he is the modern day don nealon and i i mean he's not going to stay like 20 years you know like don nealon because that just doesn't happen nowadays but i i could see 10. i could see seven to ten
1: I could see that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean I, I hope he stays twenty. I hope I'm mean, I hope he stays twenty, I hope he stays thirty.
1: So well, the way he <laughs> he speaks, which I mean is it you know, it could be coach speak, but he talks about building a championship caliber program mm-hmm. and how you know, all of the coaches talk about how this team is a very talented team and how they could how good they could be in the coming years. But as we previously mentioned, it's it's a revolving door nowadays on who's on your team this season to next season. Yep. So, and that plays a huge part. So, the, these recruiting classes, I think, bode really well for West Virginia moving forward. But at the same time, you know, you just got to keep getting better and better as the as each season goes on. Yeah, and that's what I think Bill try, a really really good job at.
2: And like that's what hopefully saying, try and keep as much of your staff
0: together as possible is big too.
2: Right. Yeah, that's my biggest concern is like losing staff i don't think we'll lose no brown like i said i think he's so similar to dabo sweeney and i think that we'll like that's i think that we're on the same trajectory that clemson was on i really do because i think I mean, it's the same brand of football i think it's like the same mentality i think it's just like a little bit more appalachian you know
1: what scares me is you know last year we lost jamal adai you know i hated personally yeah. to see that because he was my favorite player Russia. in WP football history you know personally but he can come back and see it and on you know a realistic level today too because you know he was a great defensive backs coach and i think him and jordan Leslie paired well last year on the defensive side of the ball but
2: like i don't blame I he's don't. still like a super young coach and the fact that he got to go be a part of georgia which is a fantastic program like like we all know that that's like a great move and like i, I hope it works out for him he would come back home and coach maybe sometime
1: uh, i'm just know. curious to see what happens at the it's end not, of as, defensive, not as a Gerard defensive parker backs, coach. <laughs> or jordan leslie or any of the you know any of the unit guys get picked off
0: I think, I think that, that I was about to say, like, uh, Parker, maybe you have to worry about it. But I think that, if like, a good portion of this staff that Neil Brown brought with him from Troy, I think that they want to stick to Neil Brown talking like Matt Moore, Sean Reagan, Jordan Leslie. I think for the most part that they kind of have stuck stuck to neil brown you know i mean if a head coach job or something was to come up that's a completely different scenario but as far as moving to be a coordinator in another school i think that that core group of guys is has a great chance of staying together yeah
2: which is like i think jamal Dye was doing amazing things and i think he's like i think he'll do more growing at georgia than it would have done here so but that's just like, my own.
0: I mean, he, like you said, he he could still come back at some point, you know, maybe it's maybe we need a defense coordinator one day and, you know, call him back up. Hey, you know, want come back to the alma mater again. So you never know. Like you said, he's still young, could come back around, but I, I hated to lose him too, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, a little bit of a recruiting update, a little bit of a fall camp update. Uh, anything you guys want to throw here in here at the end, uh, Stephen, anything final thoughts, uh, off topic stuff, uh, whatever. Roll, uh, roll with it. Not really So, Soapbox moment.
1: Back to recruiting, I think uh, Trey, Lath- Trey Latham was a very big get. Um, yeah. He's going to play linebacker. Uh, I think he's probably going to be more of a linebacker safety hybrid. He's going to probably play around in that banded position, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's I why I think he that. fits best. He's really fast off the line. I think he's pretty he typical He can get in the bandit. backfield pretty quick. And he played, um, he played receiver on offense, so he's got good hands. So I think he'll be good in the pass coverage, too.
0: I like that i agree i think that these prototypical bandit i think you hit that right on the right on the nose there Um, and i'm very excited about him getting here and that's a guy that could play early especially if he enrolls early next year we'll see what happens there but uh they definitely see him getting in and uh for my final thought i think i go back to recruiting too well number one i'm super excited fall camp's here just a few weeks away from game week uh and number two um couldn't be more excited ecstatic with how recruiting is like bradley said he follows it close you know i really i've kind of followed it you know closer but this is the first time i've really like followed it like i would say like almost religiously because neil brown just has me so excited for this 2022 okay. recruiting class and stuff so i've really got into it this year and that's like just kind of a lifelong
1: fan this is the this is the most i have ever been invested in recruiting in yeah my life. i think i, I think, think so for me
0: too Yep. Same for me too. I do believe like, I I think I would echo that. And same here. I've really followed recruiting as much as I have, uh, with this class. And that just speaks to how good of a job Neil Brown's doing. So I just wanted to give some more praise to that because it deserves all the praise in the world. Yeah.
2: Uh, What I was saying is, uh, there was a, I forgot what coach it was. I wish I could remember, but we got a big recruit. Can't remember the recruit. It had been last year. It was a while back. It was a long time ago. And I remember everybody got super excited over this recruit and one of the coaches tweeted out you guys got excited about that or something like along those lines like oh like that excited you and i was like you just wait
0: oh and it's like there's more to come yeah
2: and it's like oh like if you're getting excited about this you just wait until you see what's actually going to start happening and then it's like yeah oh my god like i i still think back to that tweet because i'm just like i wonder if they knew that this is what they were talking about (laughs) Or like what i think
0: i think so because i remember hearing like people last year when we were getting some good commits and people would be excited out here like yeah whether it be you know staff members or, or reporters or what have you but people would say just wait till you see his 2022 class and that's that the way they're talking they said that's going to be something and you know I, I never expected this but man it, is it something
1: mm-hmm. and if they're going to just keep getting better from here I think that's just that's exciting for for all of West Virginia fans
0: absolutely absolutely can't say enough about it so
1: uh
0: Fall camps here. Uh, We're getting close. Uh, Like I said, going to keep plugging that season prediction roundtable because that's one of our favorites and it's always one uh, that gets, you know, a pretty good, pretty good amount of plays and stuff. So uh, we got that coming up here in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And then uh, as always, uh, like us on Facebook, Country Roads webcast. Follow us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. And then of course on YouTube, subscribe to us there as we uh, get the video side of this thing rolling here in uh, season four of the Country Roads webcast. Um, As always, I'm your host jordan cruz and for my co-host steven and my co-host bradley until next time let's go mountaineers